It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's Thursday, Friday Eve. Welcome to the Sean Spicer Show. We have a great discussion headed your way today. I don't even know what to do. I feel like we're talking about the Speaker of the House. We're supposed to be talking about Speaker elections. I feel bored this morning. What are we talking about this afternoon? No vote? We have an actual Speaker. It's day one in his in his job for Mike Johnson, Louisiana. We're going to break it all down, what it means for him, the agenda, how the media covered it, plus the debate George Santos has got in the news. Jamal Bowman, the congressman that pulled that fire alarm during the uh, the vote to uh, fund the government. He actually pled guilty this morning. We're going to break that down. Uh, and then obviously, I think we might get into uh, a little bit of new media. But anyway, Sarah Gonzalez from The Blaze, Tim Graham from the Media Research Center. He is here. And Jenny Beth Martin, the chair of the Tea Party Patriots Action, is also here. Let's get into it. It's Thursday. This is the Sean Spicer Show. Sit back, relax as we coast on cruise control into the weekend. Um, so excited. As I said a moment ago, we've got a new speaker, Mike Johnson of Louisiana. He got the votes. He got all the votes unanimously elected by his colleagues yesterday after, what was this? Like uh, 33 weeks without a speaker, multiple candidates put up. And here he was. Tortoise and hare, man. Tortoise and hare. The tortoise slowly climbing up. The backbencher, the guy who's not the, he's more of the show horse or the workhorse than the show horse. Um, I want to break this down because there's so many fascinating things now that we've gotten to the finish line to stop, pause, and say, what do we take away from this? What does it mean going forward? So a lot to, to, for us to reflect on as we do that. Plus, as I announced a while ago, and I actually was out in front of this, if, on Twitter saying weeks ago that NBC would be getting sanctioned by the Republican National Committee, the RNC, to host that debate in Miami. I called it. And everyone pushed back on that. Well, not everyone, you guys, but everyone in the main, oh, I don't know. You know what? I know some people. I've got connections. Anyway, I, uh, I made it clear that that was going to happen. And you notice, as I said, when it happened, they didn't announce the moderators for good reason, because I think that they were ready for the backlash. Well, NBC has now announced Kristen Welker, the new moderator or whatever they call her, host of Meet the Press, and Lester Holt are going to be the moderators. Obviously, Salem Media is a partner there. It's Hugh Hewitt. He will be on stairs. But is the RNC allowing this another mistake after its Univision debacle? I think so. I want to ask the panel that question. We'll talk to them. And then you remember during the vote to fund the government on that short-term CR, uh, Jamal Bowman, the congressman from New York, pulled the fire alarm, and then made a bunch of excuses. Well, he was in court this morning to face the music force punishment. I want to ask the panel about how that went down, what they think, because it was a little surprising. I'm actually going to give the guy some credit. Yep, it's interesting. Not what he did, but how... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family 
cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We handled it. It's time for the panel. And not two. We got three people that are going to join us today. We're going to make it a little lively because we want to get you ready for the weekend. And it's been kind of stuffy in Washington, D.C. Vote after vote after vote. No votes today. Speaker was getting down to business. We're going to break that down and so much more with Sarah Gonzalez. She's the host of the News and Why It's Mattered on Blaze TV. The host, you know, owned there by Glenn Beck. He's a great guy. He's been on the show before. That's Glenn's organization. Sarah does a great job with her show. Tim Graham, the director of media at the Media Research Center, always so helpful with what the work that they're doing there is to keep the media, well, I shouldn't say honest, they're not honest, but they're keeping them accountable, calling out the hypocrisy at the Media Research Center. And Tim Graham has been at the forefront of their efforts. And then Jenny Beth Martin, she is the co-founder of Tea Party Patriots Action. She's been um, part of this movement since it started. I don't think we'd be where we are without the work that the Tea Party Patriots Action and other groups that Jenny Beth has been part of made happen. I mean, that's the truth. If you look back to the beginning of the movement, it all started here. So let's get into it. with them. All right, guys, good to see you all. Listen, I feel like I'm kind of bored today. Uh, we don't have a speaker's race. I feel like the idea that there's a speaker of the house, I was getting used to spending my morning and my afternoon watching vote counts. Um, I'll start with you. Jenny, I just said before you joined that the Tea Party movement got us here. We wouldn't be where we are today without the Tea Party movement. Do you agree? I actually do agree with that. Um, back in 2009, when the Tea Party movement first started, we thought we were, were fighting some Republicans, but mostly Democrats. And then the Republicans won the House. And we realized that our, we had a lot of challenges within the Republican within the Republican House conference. And we wanted to see a change in the speaker before Boehner was even made speaker. We were very supportive when Congress, then Congressman Mark Meadows did the motion to vacate back in 2015. Prior to that motion to vacate, we have been driving phone calls to congressional offices all year long in 2015, telling our congressman we wanted John Boehner to no longer be speaker. And at that time, we were hopeful we would get a conservative speaker, but it took until now eight years later for us to get a conservative speaker and somebody who wasn't part of the predetermined leadership. So we've gone through all the top leadership. Now we have some fresh blood and I'm very optimistic and hopeful that speaker Mike Johnson can make a difference. Sarah Gonzalez, what do you guys at The Blaze think of that? Yeah, I, I mean, I tend to agree. You know, it's funny as we watch this play out, um, there were some people who said, Matt, look, Matt Gates really screwed this up. Uh, he had no plan. This is going to be horrible. This is going to be a disaster. We could even have a Democrat, a speaker. And, you know, I, I thought to myself, I admired Matt for his bravery and his courage to, to do this. And I said, well, hold on, let's wait and see how this plays out. Right. Because, um, 
maybe there are backroom deals being made. Maybe there's a plan that we can't know about yet, but whatever the case may be, we don't really know if he screwed this up yet because we don't know what the outcome will be. Now that we do have that final outcome, I would say it was absolutely a great move by Matt Gates, or, or maybe I should say a brave move um, because it, it looked for a while there like, okay, maybe there's a plan. Maybe there's a plan. Well, Maybe there was not a plan, but we'll let's still see how this plays out. And now we do have someone um, who it seems to me like he will actually represent uh, Republicans and conservatives the way that we want them to. You know, so often we have these constituents who elect these people and they go there just to broker deals with the Democrats. And I really feel like uh, most conservatives are at a point where we don't want our representatives to constantly be worried about bipartisanship, because when we look at the other side, they're so focused on. Um, all of these radical agendas, it's really hard to imagine um, creating bipartisanship with these people. So yeah. I do think that it, it ultimately it ended up, um, I think, being really good. Obviously, we'll see how he does, but I am very, very optimistic about this move. Tim, do you think that Matt Gates got lucky or did he actually, this was part of the plan? And I don't, I don't mean think- Mike Johnson, but I'm saying he kept saying there's a, pl- like, there's a lot of people, myself, being included, I'll, I'll own this. I think that Matt blew the process up and kind of hoped mm-hmm. that it would work out. And now there's a lot of people that are saying, well, see, it worked. He gets the credit for it. I think Sarah's making that case. But mm-hmm. I, I actually thought it was really risky not to have a, a sense of where you were headed. Yeah, I, I, you can't say that he had a plan. I think it's been, right. it, it, came, it became really obvious there wasn't a plan. Uh, and he seemed to support just about anybody who got nominated, uh, you know, as it went along. Um, I, I, I can't be quite as optimistic because we have a situation where just in a couple of weeks, they're all going to be expected to make some sort of grand budget deal. Um, and the idea that after we saw all this, that, that conservatives are going to be happy at the end of the day. Um, I'm not sure that's true. And what we certainly but, but knew, you know what, here's, here's where I, here's the thing though. And, and I'll be interested in where, I just want someone who's going to fight, right? I mm-hmm. want someone who's not going to roll over and say, well, the Senate's going to do this. Mm-hmm. And so it's predetermined. You know why they get away with it is because no one has a backbone. And I yep. think that the idea of finally saying, guess what? We have an equal voice. And I think, look, the proof will be in the pudding. But Tim, I, I think part of this is to say, you know what? I'm not going to just say, well, it always works out this way. I want someone who's willing to fight. And they'll say that the House Republicans have a very narrow majority. Guess what? The Senate Democrats also have a very narrow right. majority. And so there should be some sort of deal made. I just think that we are coming out of an era with such dramatic COVID government growth. Uh, it's just, what, what does victory look like? Um, Jenny, what is, Jenny Beth, what is, what is victory well, look here's, like? Here's what I want to see. I've, I've worked through several of these speaker fights and worked very closely with members of Congress as they are navigating it. Sometimes it's people who, who are, are joining the way that I want them to vote. And sometimes I'm working with members who are not doing exactly what I want, but I'm gaining insight from them. And we have trust with one another because we know at the end of the day, you have to land that plane and get to a speaker. Right. So the the thing is, Matt Gates, his plan was to change the speaker and how you get to that, what happens to get to the end of that, 
what we saw play out is actually a very republic process and democratic process playing out. The members ultimately listened to what grassroots people were saying, took into account their own objections with different, different people who were running, and got to the place where they could find the person who would le will lead them as speaker, but also is not so objectionable to the grassroots and the base. And I mm -hmm. think that that part, what I just described, was part of Matt Gates' plan, even though I haven't talked directly to him about what his plan was, but he trusted that the, the conference would get in there and do the work they are supposed to be doing the way they are supposed to do it. And that's what they're gonna need to do when it comes to the appropriation bills. Um, Mike Johnson has said that he wants to have two bills that are passed, basically um, discharged out of the appropriation committee um, and that they agree on those without a lot of changes and then work through the other appropriation bills. If they don't get through it before the end of the government funding, he wants to extend government funding either to January 15th or to April 15th, so we don't have a Christmas cliffhanger, and then continue moving through all of the appropriation bills. At the end of the day, are we gonna wind up with a CR or something else? Very likely, but if we can have those appropriation bills and the amendments passing on the floor and we're pushing for things that we want to see and all of the members of Congress get the opportunity to amend and to debate on the floor the way Congress is supposed to work, I think that's a win for all Americans, regardless of which side of the political. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, aisle you're on. Sarah, it's a bit of a seesaw, right? I mean, Mike Johnson is no question a, a strong conservative. The question mm -hmm. is to get to 217 to pass things over to a Democratic Senate, you have to at least acknowledge that you've got several members that are in Biden districts that aren't as conservative, uh, most likely. And so how do you try to achieve these conservative goals, but recognize that you're not going to, within your own Republican conference, be able to do everything you want, because in order to get to that 217 majority, you've got to bring in some constituencies that may not be as right or as conservative or as fiscally strong as you are. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, a speaker can only do so much if he's got, you know, people in his conference that are in Biden-leaning districts that are just going to, you know, blow up the vote no matter what. He can only do what he can do. Like he can he can only achieve so much, right? He right. can't he can't control that. But I do think there's something to be said for the fact that um I, I appreciated that they that they picked someone who um wasn't so much of like I'll be honest, I didn't know much about Mike Johnson before they elected no him, way. right? I, and then you I, were I'm like, Mike who? Right. Because, because, but, but I liked that because he's the one, you know, he's behind the scenes. He's doing the work. You know, I, I read up on him obviously after they, they nominated him. Um, but it seems to me like he's behind the scenes. He's doing the work. He doesn't care about being on camera. He, he's not one of these big boisterous people who wants to go viral on Twitter. Um, it, it seems to me like he is, um, 
more focused on getting things actually done, having the conversations that need to be had and getting the work done. And I appreciate that yeah. uh, about him. So, I mean, you know, as much as I love Jim Jordan and I would have loved to have had him as a speaker, um, I think there's something to be said for the fact that, you know, he is out there on camera right, saying things that, right, that, that, that we appreciate. Um, but I think that that might be, uh, that might make Mike Johnson a little bit more effective at, having his own conference cooperate with him um, when he's not out there throwing flames all the time. So Tim, you know, you're the media guy. You watch this and critique it. Sarah's right. He's the workhorse, not the show horse. Is that, but, but part of being the speaker is being out there and mm -hmm. leading the charge in the face of the Republican conference. Here's why we're doing it. Leading that messaging. You are the number one guy. And so is that going to be a challenge for him? Because already the media is trying to define him. In any speaker fight, this is one of the things we'll tell you, they're going to say, uh, we saw it in 2015 when, when Boehner was uh, sent packing, uh, the far right, the hard right, the ultra conservatives, the hardliners. Uh, and of course, we've seen all of that now for three weeks. You never see it on the left, do you, by the way? No. It's always mm -hmm. the MAGA right. And then they say like, and AOC said. <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah. Well, and, and when they elected Hakeem Jeffries last November, it was the first black Democrat leader, Anointed, yeah. you know, they, they, they treat the Democrats as a remarkably non-ideological bunch because they share, <laughs> the media shares all the same beliefs mm -hmm. and they want to all pretend they're sensible centrists. If they were, wouldn't compromise be easier? Uh, but uh, yeah, he's going to have to face the media bias, obviously. Um, but in a weird way, uh, these are the sorts of things that actually so solidify your place among conservatives. You know, Christo-fascist was trending yesterday on Twitter uh, after Johnson was elected. And I said, yeah, this is going to help conservatives go, I think I like this guy. Right. <laughs> you know, the thing that was so funny to me, Jenny Beth, is uh, first of all, I mean, you, you, Tim brings up Hakeem Jeffries. I, I, I found it a little inappropriate. Like he has, they, they, there's a tradition, right? The other candidate, i.e. the losing side, the minority party, in this case, Hakeem Jeffries, hands off the gavel, the new one. I, you know, you make a little like, hey, blah, 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 blah. He gave a, what is it? Like a 10 minute speech. I thought it was rather like, and he tried to make it very political. And then at the end it was like, and I hope my buddy does well, Mike Johnson. Um, <laughs> I, I felt like, look, maybe um, I'm just too close to it, but I felt like, that was inappropriate. Like, dude, just say your piece and move on. But like, this wasn't a chance to, to speechify. And you actually look like, I think he looked like a partisan. He did look like a partisan, but I think he did the same thing in January as well. So I wasn't completely surprised okay. by by his speech and how he was acting. Um, it, it, it's his moment. It's his moment in front of the camera. And I'm I have watched enough congressmen and I know that when a camera is in front of them and a microphone, they'll talk and politicize as much as they can. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, the thing that I thought was interesting um, about some of the discussion, or, or I, I, anyway, I was saying about the speeches with Hakeem. When mm -hmm. he got up there, I want everyone to give me just, I want to go around the horn real quick. There was a discussion that I was having with folks yesterday. Was Mike Johnson's speech yesterday, which I thought was excellent, mm -hmm. was it prepared or was he winging it with some notes? Just give me your 10 second impression and then I'll come back to Sarah in a second. Sarah, prepared or winging it? I think prepared. Real, okay, Tim. Well, he at least had overnight to, to think what yeah. he was going to say. Okay. 
But was it, I saw him have a piece of paper. He wasn't reading a speech. Do you think it was just notes or did his staff say, we got to make sure you're ready? Oh. He's, he, he has been going around sharing conservative values and talking about it and teaching people about it for years. I, so that's it not, comes but, but from, that, okay. from the Hold heart. On. That, I mean, my point isn't, I get that. He's very, like I was, that's why I'm saying I was really impressed. But was yeah. that back of the envelope or was that his staff saying, hey, we think you're going to win. We're doing good staff work by being prepared. Because I thought to myself, wow, if that's off the cuff, man, that's impressive. Jenny Beth. Yeah, I, I, I think that um, it, it was the combination of being off the cuff and prepared and watching for the <laughs> last three weeks and thinking, if I become speaker, what would I say? And mm -hmm. so in that sense, he was prepared, but he had no idea whether it was actually going to happen or not. Sarah? Yeah, no. Uh, so yes, that's I I I think that he was prepared enough to have his high points uh, planned out and mapped out. But I, I I think it's more of what you're saying, Sean, back at the envelope type of like, okay, these are my high points. This is what right. I want to hit. But uh, aside from that, I do think that there was uh, a lot of from the heart ad living there. I, I, and I actually I thought that's what made it. It was so whenever someone asked me about Donald Trump and like what and I said, look, here's the thing. Trump he shoots from the hip. It's it's real. It's authentic. Mm -hmm. If you want to follow Donald Trump, don't try to be like him. Be yourself. Be authentic. And what I saw yesterday from Mike Johnson was authenticity, that he had some, at least from my trained eye, he had points made. He was humble. He made some funny jokes. He was self-deprecating a little. He talked about Sheila Jackson Lee giving that speech where he was looking up and got inspiration. Um, after his father's passing, it was, it was tear jerking. It was inspirational. I was like, dude, this is the, where have you been, man? I actually mm -hmm. thought to myself this, you know, we've had to your point, Sarah, a lot of showboating and a lot of fighting, yeah. but this is the kind of stuff that I think for the people who tuned in for the first time to hear who's Mike Johnson, they were like, Hey, I like that guy. I agree. Yeah. He's, he's, that's who he is. I've known him for a couple of years now and yeah. that's who he is. I think that we're going to be very pleased with him. Am I going to get every win that I want as a Tea <laughs> Party person? I know I'm not. I'm still going to advocate for what I right. think is right, but I think that we're going to be very, very pleased with Mike Johnson as speaker. Yeah. Tim, when I, 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 go ahead. Sarah. I was just going to say, I, I'd like to just add this, you know, over at Conservative Review, they have a, the Liberty score where they score all of the, you know, the, the representatives. And I would say, you know, Kevin McCarthy, I think, came in at a 54 percent Liberty score and uh, Mike Johnson is a 74 percent. So and that's a 20 percent difference uh, in the right direction. And I think you would let's take the win. Let's take the dub. OK, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, I agree. Tim, I want to, it was funny. So I was reading Politico playbook this morning. I don't think this is going to shock any of us when I say this, but it read like a DNC memo. And I want to read 
part of this because it was unbelievable. It says, Johnson, he's about to become for Democrats what Nancy Pelosi was for Republicans, a base motivating money raising boogeyman who embodies everything they dislike most about the other party. At least that's what Democrats are hoping for. And in other words, we're writing it for you, Democrats here at Politico. We've just written your talking points. We hope you use it. As our colleagues write, if Democrats have their way, Johnson will soon be well known by every American as an election denier, an anti-abortion extremist, and a slasher of Social Security and Medicare. Indeed, Dems and their allies are salivating over the possibility of using the new speaker as a cudgel to pound vulnerable Republicans and think he'll make it easier to flip the House in 2024. When swing district Republican Mike Lawler of New York voted for Johnson yesterday on the floor, one Democrat could be heard in the chamber saying, bye-bye. Well, look, as a guy who spent six years at the RNC, Nancy Pelosi didn't get branded in 60 seconds. Part of it was talking about Nancy Pelosi of San Francisco. Everybody conjures up visions of crazy liberals. It took years to build that. We actually put out signs, and there were literally, I have cufflinks that say fire Pelosi. There was a fire Pelosi bus campaign. This is not going to happen overnight. No one's going to be like, oh, Louisiana, Mike Johnson. Oh yeah, crazy election dyers. But Tim, it's amazing. The media has gone all in and making sure that the Democrats have their talking points about how to paint this guy. You cannot find any difference between reporters and Democrat politicians. <laughs> they use all the same language it, 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 it's really like push the button. There was a moment yesterday, Brent Baker caught here, where Gloria Borger uh, was, was trying to describe who he was. And she said- uh, Gloria you know, Borger of get, CNN, by the way, right? Yes. And she said, she, he, gets, he seems to get along with everybody in the caucus. He's, he's hard to demonize. Well, it's like, well, Lord knows you people are all gonna try. Yeah. He, he's not, <laughs> she said, he's not the devil incarnate. <laughs> that's yeah, so nice to do right that that's so nice i mean gosh it's unbelievable it's just i was surprised look nothing surprised me about the media anymore jenny beth but you've been around this a while it was like they were literally like make sure everybody knows to call him an election denier you know despite the fact that plenty of democrats were election deniers they never used that moniker on them yeah, and that that moniker just drives me insane. Nobody says there was no election anyway. So <laughs> it just it, it 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 they think it sounds good, but it's it is ridiculous. And they're going to say that about him, but the fact of the matter is I think that as voters are looking at who they're going to vote for in 2024, they're not going to be on both sides of the aisle. They're not looking at 2020. They're looking at who's going to make my life better right. as yep. I move past November 2024 into 2025 and beyond. I totally agree. Um, mm -hmm. I want to switch topics a little because there is a movement afoot now that we have a new speaker. This was out this morning. It says New York Republicans say they'll move forward on a resolution to expel George Santos from office. So here's, I just want to go around the horn because here's the conundrum. You've got a new speaker, Mike Johnson. He's in. He got all the votes, 220 uh, that were there, right? But now he's got to keep this slim majority moving forward, getting this agenda passed. You expel George Santos, just so we're clear. You take a four-seat majority, and for the rest of this Congress, it's a three-seat majority, okay? So- and at bet, I mean, that's even if they don't if they don't have another election, but it'll take for a long time if he were to be expelled. So let me just start. Sarah, if you were a House Republican, what would you what would be going through your mind and how would you vote on this motion? 
Uh, it drives me absolutely nuts, Sean, that we have, it's always Republicans who want to outmoral the yep. other party, right? You have Bob Menendez, who's still there. You have the president of the United States, Joe Biden, who has all sorts of stuff that they've already dug up on him. And Republicans are still like, hmm, we might think about an impeachment inquiry. It just drives me bonkers because you are dealing with the other team who does not play by the rules. Right. And we always seem to want to be rule followers here, uh, you know, with, with the Republican Party. And I just it just drives me nuts because uh, as you're talking about, the, the slim majority that we hold, like this is game time. We cannot, we cannot threaten that with not with with you know expelling him. Not to mention, you know, I do think that he does deserve a little bit of due process here. Maybe he is guilty as hell. I don't really right. know. But let's let that play out in court and then expel him but it just it just drives me nuts it's like they don't see the bigger picture of hey we have to get things done and we need all of the republicans on deck on board ready to get ready to get to work uh it, it just drives me nuts because the other side is not playing by those rules right well also tim the the point jenny beth was making a moment ago right i want to apply it to george santos none of these guys who are pushing for this to happen i can't imagine that the constituents of any of these other New York Republicans are like, hey, I'm having some big problems with my social security or I'm having trouble getting by or inflation's killing me. Hey, what are you doing about George Santos? That's just <laughs> not top of mind for any constituent of any of these members of Congress. And I can't, I get that it's a good PR move because it makes you look, but there's no one who votes on this crap. And they, they think that it's a good PR stunt. The media won't give them credit because they're on the other team, as you always point out correctly. And number two is, this isn't an issue that anyone cares about. And I feel like Sarah's absolutely right. We are literally creating our own problems sometime on the right. You can absolutely treat him as a pariah and say he's right. basically one and done. I think we know that Tom Swosey yeah. there, in, the Democrat who stepped down and made that opening, is going to jump right back in there. I don't think anybody thinks... George Santos would win re-election. No. But here's the problem. Uh, we just have a study came out today, a little review of the first three weeks of the late night comics after they got back. Oh, 72 God. Santos jokes, uh, 45 Biden jokes, most of them little jokes about Joe being too old, and just two jokes about Bob Menendez. So Do you know you why? 36 you know times why? as many jokes about Santos. Because Menendez sent them all gold bricks. And he, said, hey. he was like, hey, how about a little Santos action? Uh, stay away from me, boys and girls. Uh, I can, if you don't like the gold bricks, I got plenty of cash in this vest that I've stuffed cash and gold bricks in. That's the thing is that, that Menendez was like, this is easy. I'll spread a little of this around. You know what I'm saying? You guys don't talk about it as much. But that's, I mean, it is unbelievable. Santos is nuts. We get it. He makes Saturday Night Live. Bob Menendez stuffed gold bars in cash in a jacket that has his name <laughs> embroidered on it. And I was like, hey, what's, guys, let's not, let's uh, slow the roll here down. <laughs> I can't imagine. Jenny Beth, how would you, what, what, what is your advice for these members? My advice is if the other team isn't playing by the rules, don't mm -hmm. don't handcuff yourself and fight with one hand behind your back. It doesn't make sense to do that. There's too much at, at stake. Yeah. And and the fact is we do need to have due process and being from Georgia and watching as people have been indicted for things that I know they are not guilty of. I I I think that you at least need due process before you go and and do this. All right, um, Sarah. Speaking of New York 
co- members of Congress. Let's switch parties. Jabal, Jabal, yeah, <laughs> Jamal Bowman, and can't say that three times fast. <laughs> uh, this morning, pled guilty to pulling the fire alarm during the uh, that that vote on uh, government funding, right? And we all saw the videotape and his lame excuses. But here's where I want us to to concentrate. He did an interview. He got you know going into court this morning. He was stopped and he was asked, and he said, "Hey." I did it. Uh, it's a misdemeanor. I'm going to plead guilty and take responsibilities for my actions. I'll pay the fine. I'll do whatever. He, he did note that it would be expunged apparently in two years, but he's not getting any unfair treatment, it appears judicially. Like that would be the normal uh, uh, criminal response or whatever you go to. Blank and can't say his name. Process, or his yeah. Process. But I actually was impressed that he didn't try to do a bunch of DC weasel words. And he said, I'm going to take responsibility. I did it. I'm going to pay the fine and the action. I'll give him some credit on this. You? I'm I, I'm not going to be so nice, Sean. I would say that there's always a reason for it. And I would say the reason would always be self-serving when you're dealing right. with the Democrat Party and, you know, the squad. Uh, so I, I have I have a feeling that it was some sort of maybe pressure from his own party, like, hey, you, this looks really bad for us. You need to go ahead and do this. I can't for one second believe that he, out of the goodness and kindness of his own heart, decided really? to take responsibility and accountability. I just don't see that happening with Jamal no, Bowman. No, no, I, I agree with you 100%. I think the idea was, hey, take the slap. You're, you're paying a fine yeah. and it's over with. It'll be expunged. But I also think that, Tim, he knew that it was on tape. You can't say you didn't do it. Like they're going to, they have you dead to right on a video camera pulling this thing. They have you putting out a, st- I mean, you look dumb. And I think in a lot of cases, it just was easier to, to Sarah's point, it was politically expedient to say, I'll take, I'll pay the fine. I'm going to just let this go on because the longer that you keep this going, if he had tried to fight it, it would not have looked good. And the the way to make it go away is just to take the fine, take your slap and move on. Yeah, he's now he's admitting fault. But after all this really weirdness (laughs) where he said, well, I wanted to open the door. So I hit the (laughs) button that says fire. You know, and lots of people do that though. That's a, listen, I do that all the time where I literally hit the brake and I think I'm going to accelerate. It just, you know, they need and, to make these things clear. I feel like this was one of those situations. You guys remember the McDonald's where they have to put like caution, coffee, extremely hot. You're like, <laughs> dude, it's coffee. It's going to be hot. They have to start relabeling these things saying fire will not open door to right. <laughs> Well, and Sean, there's look, the networks have not acknowledged that this is actually a news story. I was going to say, that's my follow-up, is that this probably falls below Bob Menendez stuffing bricks of gold into his jacket. And zero late-night jokes. Mm. Think of the gold mine, the gold bar that 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 event is. Uh, Have you guys put out a study on that? Yeah, that was part of our late-night study, that there was zero jokes they have been skipping well, all no, no. of these. Just to be clear, just to be clear, the study was that there's no jokes on late night. That's the first part <laughs> of the study. The second part is they never actually brought up the Democrats. They is just, that correct? They it's just had funny. hundreds and hundreds of Trump indictment jokes because they'd been waiting for months to unleash them. Uh, but it's, it, look, they, they, the Democrat Party has no fringe. It has no extreme. It has nobody embarrassing. They're not going to cover Sheila Jackson Lee's screaming at her staff. <laughs> and none of that is 
We're not interested in that. They're not going to cover right. Rashida Tlaib, deny, still insisting the Israelis bombed the hospital. Um, uh, you know, and then the vote yesterday, where ten people voted no and six people voted present on the Israeli massacre. Unbelievable. No, well, no story. Because it's because here's the funny thing. All those folks. It's funny. I, I watch. I switch. I, I tell everyone just to be full disclosure. In the morning when I'm working out, I literally take the remote and I switch. I do every channel. So like I watch and I'll stop to see how they're covering different things. So just so everyone understands, I that's and I was I am consistently amazed. On NBC, Richard uh, Engel is his name. He's their foreign guy. And he's constantly sitting with Hamas in Gaza talking about what Hamas is dealing with and how Hamas is dealing, uh, uh, responding to this. And I'm like, dude, it's so blatant what side they're on. And I think that that explains why they don't cover that situation the way they do. Um, I want to I pivot, Jenny Beth. I have been very outspoken on these debates. I said it at the beginning of the show. I called it through people that I know. They were like, hey, guess what? The third debate, it's going to NBC. It'll be in Miami. I tweeted it out at the time. People were like, oh, nothing's final. It was final. I was right. But here's the deal. I made this point at the time. There's a reason that they didn't announce the moderators. And the reason is because they knew they'd get backlash. Well, we found out last night, NBC is putting forward Lester Holt and Kristen Welker. What? I don't understand. I mean, it literally makes my blood boil. These are sanctioned debates. The RNC is choosing to do this. I mean, I at some point, I might as well just say, you know, uh, the next debate will be moderated by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. (laughs) (laughs) If the candidates were smart, they would all just say, we're not going to participate in this and not show up then there wouldn't be a debate. I mean, why are they doing that? Uh, And if the candidates actually did that, they have to win the primary. Republican primary voters would appreciate that. They don't want to sit there and watch mm. their the when they're trying to decide who they're going to vote for in a primary contest. They don't need NBC's talking right. points to decide that. They just don't. It's ridiculous. It's an insult to the primary voters. It's an insult to the base. And it'll help NBC. Why? Why would you do that? NBC's never going to be on our side. No. Mm-hmm. But but but. Sarah, I, and I don't mean to put, uh, but I've said this all along, The Blaze, The Daily Wire, The mm-hmm, First, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you go down the list, The Daily Caller, Breitbart. We have, since I ran the debates in 2015, 2016, conservative media has blossomed and matured to a point where, I mean, the stuff that you guys do at The Blaze is unbelievable. And I don't know that Glenn would want to or not. It's, I don't want to try to speak for him and I don't make trying to make you do it. But the idea that that we need these guys from NBC to ask us questions, here's the thing. I won't blame NBC. Like yeah. Lester Holt is going to come at this thing like a banshee from the left. He's going to make Univision look like a bunch of right-wing kooks. They're going to come at this because they can't upset their base. And their base is on the left. Their advertisers on the left. They're going to come at these guys and talk about election denial. They're going to talk about immigration and all mm-hmm. of this crazy stuff because they, NBC, have their agenda. Their agenda does not include informing Republican primary and caucus goers about issues and differences between the candidates. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll, you don't have to put words in my mouth. I'll go ahead and just say <laughs> Thank it. You. I've, I've called for on my show, like RNC, what are you doing? 
Why don't you come talk to us? Let's do a Blaze slash Daily Wire collaboration. And right. it would be the most productive debate that has happened thus far that could happen. Case in point, um, over at Blaze, we did a summit in Iowa. Yeah. And obviously it wasn't a debate because we weren't, we're not allowed to, but it was with Tucker Carlson. We had all Wait, of just, the candidates. Just so the audience understands real quick. I just sure. want to, I, I, sorry to interrupt you. The RNC's rule is that candidates can appear separately at an event, but they can't interact with each other that constitutes a debate. So I just want people to understand why Sarah yes. was explaining what the what the how the Blaze did it because Glenn is a good guy in playing by the rules, but the rules say that the, if they debate, if the candidates were to, to to interact, they could never appear in another sanctioned RNC debate again. So that everybody has to play by these rules or they get theoretically punished. Right. Sorry, Sarah. So, so no, 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 that's fine. Um, I appreciate it. So, uh, so Tucker sat down with these candidates and it was the most productive conversation, even though they weren't debating, it was the most productive conversation right. because he was asking the right questions. He was asking the questions that the base wants to hear the answers to. Um, and, and, and then we switched from that summit to, you know, GOP debate number one, GOP debate number two. And as you correctly point out, Sean, I mean, I thought it was bad enough on Fox News with the the reporter from Univision hammering them from the left on questions. I can't imagine how bad it's going to be um, over at NBC where you have Kristen right. Welker, who I believe is the same person who uh, d wouldn't let Trump answer the question when he started talking about the Biden Hunter Biden laptop, right. which we all know now turned out to be true. So, I mean, it, it, if it wasn't bad enough on Fox News, uh, just wait, it gets worse. Yeah. Tim, I got 30 seconds. Just give us, look into your crystal ball and tell us when we wake up the day after that debate, what are we going to see? Well, they, they'll make their own highlights. They'll, they'll say nasty things and then yeah. show the nasty highlights. But uh, look, Republicans under Trump have got a debate. They got to get out there somehow. But, but that's not my, see, this is, and I, I agree with you. The point is they're choosing this, that we have a million options and we're choosing to let the other side dictate the terms. There's a reason you have home field advantage in a game. You want it because you're playing a home game. These are our primary debates, not a general election debate. These are our primary debates. And we're letting, letting and sanctioning the NBCs. And trust me, CNN is coming up. They're letting them do this. And, and that's where I think that we have no one to blame but us. And I say us, meaning the RNC right now is creating this environment. It is unbelievable that there's not more of a backlash uh, on this. Um, anyway, guys, I want to thank you for being with us. I want to thank you all for watching as we've, we've had a long week in Washington, DC. Um, so it was great to kind of get ready for Friday with a discussion that kind of encapsulated everything that we've seen. We've got a great discussion tomorrow on the show with Mike Collins. He is the memer of the Congress. Uh, it's going to be completely fun. If you haven't seen what I'm talking about, go to his Twitter account, Congressman Mike Collins. You'll see what I'm talking about from Georgia. A great conversation ahead with him tomorrow. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, remember to continue to subscribe, share, rate us on five, five stars on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you back here tomorrow on The Sean Spicer Show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.